Monday, everyone. Welcome back into another edition of Prime Sports World. Oh, I've, oh. hold on a second. I forgot to change that. How embarrassing. Uh, first graphic already a mistake. But uh, yeah, week four recap. Uh, we're going to do our week five predictions as well for the XFL as we are a quarter, almost, almost halfway through the season already. Uh, as there are 10 weeks in the XFL season. Uh, this is Prime Sports World. Um, but yeah, this is Prime Sports World. We go live basically every single day, so please like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we continue to give you guys great content. Uh, TJ is usually joining me, but he has school stuff to do today, so I'm going to ride solo on the XFL show. Um, so you know, continue hanging out with us. I've also shared the streaming platforms, um, so if you want to check us out, if you do happen to miss us live, uh, we cover the NFL, we cover the XFL, we cover wrestling, we cover college football, college basketball, uh, including tomorrow. Uh, Izzy's going to be doing his big bracket challenge show. Uh, you don't want to miss that content. Um, but yeah, another good week in the XFL. Um, some entertaining games. Uh, thank you, Aunt Judy, for liking the podcast. So I appreciate and love you. Um, also, it was my birthday yesterday. So if you want to all give me a shout out and wish me happy birthday on the podcast, I would greatly appreciate it. Also, if you can like, share, and subscribe as a little birthday present uh, for me, I would greatly appreciate that as well. Uh, but let's get into the XFL. And one of my minor gripes I have with the XFL so far is... I don't. I, I maybe I, I I might be a super minority here when it comes to this particular issue. I don't need to hear the commentators talking about the gambling stuff every single like every play, uh, talking about the over under, talking about the spread. Um, I yeah, I straight up just I, I don't really care about the gambling aspect. I know a lot of people do gamble on sports and they do gamble on the XFL, but I I don't think the commentators should be pushing that. Um, based on the people that have problems with gambling and the way it works. Also, if you have noticed that ESPN.com, if you go to check any of their games, they now all have full box scores. And I'm not saying that I was responsible for getting those box scores on ESPN.com, but I'm sure I had something to do with it. So um, give myself a pat on the back as I complained about it every single episode every week. Uh, and finally, after four weeks, uh, we finally got box scores for every single game. Uh, let's jump right into the content. Uh, first game, we had the Roughnecks going into Orlando and beating down um, the Orlando Guardians uh, 44 to 16. Houston put up 20 points in the first quarter, and it basically was all she wrote. Uh, they scored a touchdown every quarter, including two in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Guardians scored in the second and the third. Uh, but, yeah, this was a tough game for the Guardians for sure. Paxton Lynch, 18 of 30, 267 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Devin Darrington, leading rusher, 12 for 40. Um, and uh, Carlston Rambo, uh, leading receiver for this team, two catches for 89 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Jalen Smith also had a touchdown for the Guardians. But this was really all all roughnecks from beginning to end. Uh, Brandon Silvers continues probably being the best quarterback so far in the XFL. Uh, 24 of 30, 239 yards and three touchdowns. And the wide receiver also threw a touchdown. 49-yard bomb in this game as well. Um, Travell Harris, three catches for 83 yards, two touchdowns. Deontay Burton, uh, one touchdown, and Kirkland also had a receiving touchdown as our own. Uh, Dijon Lee also had two rushing touchdowns this game, as this was a straight beatdown from wire to wire uh, for the Roughnecks, as they are probably, depending on what your opinion is on the defenders, the best team in the XFL. Um, they basically, yeah, they, they, they scored early, they scored often. 
Uh, they scored early and off, including three three touchdowns in the first quarter. Uh, they scored a touchdown in the second quarter. They scored a touchdown in the third. And they scored four more touchdowns, two more touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And they rather easily feeding the rough. The Orlando Guardians, they really got to figure out what they're doing at quarterback. Uh, Paxton Lynch shows some flashes here where he threw two touchdowns in this game. Um, but, yeah, it, it just hasn't been consistent enough. Also, ESPN is having, like, their videos seem to be auto-playing all the time. So every time I click through uh, a different video. Um, but, yeah, I think this is a, just a matter of the Roughnecks are very good. Orlando Guardians still have a lot of questions, especially at the quarterback position, and they're just not good enough on offense to really compete uh, with the other teams in the XFL right now. Um, moving on from that game, let's talk about the other game that was on Saturday. Um, this game had a 10 o'clock uh, – 10 o'clock – yeah, 10 p.m. kickoff. Um, as the Brahmas of San Antonio go into Seattle and they fall 15 to six, uh, as this was another struggle game for Jack Cohen, uh, as he was very inaccurate in this game as well as he as he has been in a lot of the games actually so far this season. Uh, Jack Cohen, 20 and 39, 189 yards. Uh, he was their leading rusher, but he only had nine yards rushing for the entire game. Um, not probably not going to get it done if you want to win an XFL game, and. Uh, Tahami uh, is their leading receiver, three catches, 54 yards. Uh, yeah, they only scored three, two field goals in this game and did not score a touchdown. Uh, this offense looked pretty inept for a majority of the game. But on the Seattle side, Ben Denucci, uh, 28, 28 of 41, one touchdown and one pick. Uh, Morgan Ellison, lean rusher, who also punched in a touchdown on the ground. Uh, and Jakir Pearson uh, had a solid game here, eight catches for 76 yards. Uh, Josh Gordon, five for 57, and Juwan Green caught the lone um, received a touchdown for the Seattle Sea Dragons as they go on to win this game. And even though neither team was a particularly excellent on offense in this game, uh, as we only had uh, uh, we only had um, 100, 300 yards for the uh, Seattle Sea Dragons and only 54, uh, yeah, it was it 191 for the Brahmas. Just not going to get it done. Jack Cohen has been wildly inconsistent at quarterback. Uh, he was solid in the game that they won, uh, but as a whole. You're probably going to want to look for some better quarterback play. Um, I just don't think he's been able to get it done there uh, for these San Antonio Brahmas. Uh, unfortunate to see there, actually. So, bummer. Moving on to Sunday afternoon as we had two games on Sunday. I love the doubleheaders on Sunday and Saturday. Uh, it makes for good football watching. And this was the I was the game that I was most anticipating watching. Uh, it's the... Renegade, or Arlington Renegades going into St. Louis and taking on the Battle Hawks. And one thing that stood out for me in this game specifically was this, the crowd in this game. Uh, they had 38,000 people in the stands for this game. Uh, 38,000 fans in the stadium. Uh, the most fans in a single XFL game so far, uh, either this season or last, or two years ago when they first tried to bring this back. And obviously, because of COVID, they were unable to be successful. Um, but this is a game, yes, yeah, St. Louis won, won it from wire to wire. Uh, they you know, got a field goal in the first quarter. They punched an eight in the second quarter. They got six and seven. Uh, the Arlington Renegades was really never able to get it going. Kyle Slaughter really struggled in this game. Uh, 23 of 39, 205 yards, three interceptions. Uh, I know they benched the kid from Ball State for this kid. Uh, Kyle Slaughter, actually, he's like, yeah, you, it was like at the UCFL uh, last season. I think he was one of the better players in the USFL. So um, it's sad to see him kind of struggle like this. Uh, I know he got his first game win last week, but it was not against a good football team. Um, so we'll figure out what ends up happening there. Uh, Devon Smith. Had a rushing touchdown. Uh, Caleb Vander Esch, 
uh, leading receiver uh, for the Arlington Renegades. Uh, two catches for 48 yards. And then on the the St. Louis Battlehawks side of this, AJ McCarron, 20, 20 of 27, very efficient, two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Brian Hill, the former Cincinnati Bengal, uh, 18 carries for 89 yards and a touchdown. And uh, Darius Shepard and Akeem Butler also had all had receiving touchdowns for this game as they dominate. And the fans there really showed up for the St. Louis Battlehawks team, setting up a very intriguing matchup next week against for them for them and the defenders. Um, this game, that game is in St. Louis as well. I expect that that crowd to be wild. I expect that crowd to be loud. I expect that crowd to be everything that it was in this game and more. Um, because this is, you know, St. Louis, they haven't had football. I think it was like a thousand something days uh, since they've had a football game in St. Louis. And these fans were hungry. These fans came out and showed up big time. Um, not a lot, the whole lot to talk about when it comes to the actual play uh, because St. Louis just won so easily. Um, you know, the Ren- Renegades had 240 total yards of offense, 324 for the St. Louis Battlehawks. Uh, the four turnovers for Arlington is really what kind of derailed any kind of success for them. Um, and they basically had to abandon the running game early in this game uh, as they, you know, only had 49 yards rushing in this game uh, up to the 110 for the Battlehawks. Um, but yeah, I think you got to see, hopefully you get better play out of Kyle Slaughter going forward. Uh, but this Battlehawks team is for real. So to the final game on Sunday, the nightcap, we had the Arlington DC defenders. Man, these ads on ESPN.com are really driving me crazy. Uh, so, yeah, the D.C. Defenders win that game 32-18 to over the Las Vegas Vipers. Uh, as their quarterback play really struggled in this game, too. Uh, Luis Perez did turn it on a little bit as, as towards the end of the game as Huntley got benched in the first quarter. And Luis Perez came in, uh, 23 of 32, 283 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Brent Huntley, four or five. They also fumbled the opening snap uh, that went back for a touchdown for the D.C. defenders. Uh, this is probably the best defense uh, in the XFL currently. Uh, and then John Lovett, seven seven carries for 39 yards. Uh, Jeff Baddett, a leading receiver, seven catches for 80. Uh, Swe- Sweeting uh, had all both rush- receiving touchdowns for the Vipers. On the D.C. side of this, that double-headed monster they have at quarterback is really proving to be very, very effective. Uh, both these guys really efficient uh, as they ran the ball for 173 yards. Uh, Derek King had two rushing touchdowns. Jordan Tiamo had 14 carries for 19 yards and 177 yards. He was also their leading receiver, 89 yards on the ground. Derek King threw two passes, one of them being a long, long touchdown. Uh, for like 37 yards, it was just a straight bomb. Like it was a fourth down conversion, and the guy just got open. They went for the house. Um, and Chris Blair, leading receiver for the D.C. Defenders, four catches for 84 yards. Uh, but it really, Vegas, it didn't really score. Uh, they had two field goals in the first half, and they didn't really put another point up until the fourth quarter. And by then, it was already too late. Defenders already up 13 to eight, 32 to 18. Uh, Luis Press throws an interception that basically sealed this game. Um, and they were just offense just never was able to get clicking. And when it, they did kind of find some flow and kind of find some rhythm, the game was just over at that point. It was too late. So, um, but yeah, thank you very much for checking us out. That's been our week four, week five recap. Um, let me know what you thought about so far the play in the XFL. Uh, I think it's been better than I had anticipated when I was originally, you know, I was always going to watch the XFL, but I think the play, especially at the quarterback position, has been better. 
than I had originally anticipated. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Um, there are some teams that really need to figure it out and get it together. Um, you know, the Vipers and the Guardians for specifically. Um, and, you know, the Brahmas also, their quarterback play hasn't been specifically stellar um, as well. Um, but the Vipers, you know, you had a tough break for them. I mean, they've three of their four games, they've had the lead going into halftime and then they've ended up losing all four of those games. Um, so all three of those games, and then they lose here to defenders. The game they did not have the lead at halftime. Um, but you know, that, that kind of that miscalculations of the play clock uh, towards the end of the first half for the Vegas Vipers, um, where they were trying to go in for the touchdown. Uh, Luis Prez gets stopped at the goal line. Uh, and because of the NF, the rule is the same rule as the NFL. If they have to go back and do a review and they reverse the call, it results in a 10 second runoff. But if, the, Vi- the Vipers could have taken the play right before that. They could have taken a, an offsides penalty and gotten a first down, right? And then gotten that first down and kept the, pen- the, the timeout in their pocket. So if that play had been, which was basically it was a five-yard gain anyways. So if Rod Woodson had accepted the penalty on the, the play before that resulted in the first down, they could have easily, they would have had a timeout and they could have used it here to sat, to get another shot at that end zone or even kick a field goal. Um, yeah, you know, Rob Wilson was real pissed off at the at the referees about the way that went down, but it was his fault. If you just accept that penalty, you keep the timeout in your back pocket, you have a timeout for this situation in the replay booth um, where you can get another playoff and maybe kick the field goal, maybe get a touchdown and go into halftime with a little bit of momentum. We're talking about nine to, 14 to nine as opposed to, 14 to six at halftime. Um, you know, you also, you get the, you get the the opening kickoff in the next half gets fumbled by the defenders. You don't even get a point out of that. You get zero points out of that drive. You gotta, that's like just fumbled opportunity after fumble opportunity. You gotta really kind of clean that stuff up. But overall week four of the XFL gave some good matchups, some good games. And we're almost, we're at the half, almost the halfway point here of the XFL season as we're talking about week number five here in a second. But before we close the book, uh, week number four, we gotta we gotta give out our game balls. If TJ was here, he'd be giving his game ball out too. But I'm gonna give my game ball to the fans at that St. Louis Battlehawks game in St. Louis. Um, way to show out for your team. Way to show out and prove that XFL is important. It does matter. Um, Thirty-eight thousand people in that stadium uh, to root for the St. Louis Battlehawks. I love to see it. I hope they keep it up. I, I imagine that that that's that attendance will be even higher this game against the defenders as they look to basically tie them up in the, in the stats. And those are the two best teams in that division by far. Um, so yeah, the fans in St. Louis, also the fans in DC with the, with the beer snake and all that other stuff. I think they need to stop throwing the lemons, but uh, overall that's been a really good experience over there um, in DC and St. Louis. So let's get into the next week, week number five, uh, we got Thursday night football. We got the Roughnecks going up against the Sea Dragons of Seattle uh, and Ben DiNucci, leading passer in the XFL. Um, but this game also starts at 1030 at night on a Thursday, which is just wild. I'm not sure who's staying up to watch that game uh, on a Thursday night as Bill's people have work on Friday night. Um, I, I just think that's maybe a, a slight misstep there by the XFL. But... I didn't realize they played in the same suit. They played the exact same stadium that Seattle plays in, the Seahawks. I did not realize that. Uh, with that being said, though, I think Houston is leaps and bounds just better than Seattle. I'll take the Roughnecks to win that game fairly easily on the road. 
Um, I just I don't think anyone's is as good as the Roughnecks. They're just they're on all sides of the football, offense and defensively. They're built to go. Uh, then we got the D.C. Defenders going into St. Louis on Saturday night. Uh, this game kicks off at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And if the fan presence uh, it was anything to go off of um, the last week against the, uh, the Renegade, uh, Arlington Renegades there for the St. Louis Battlehawks, I think the stadium, the, the record for fans in the stadium will get broken during this game, uh, and we will have St. Louis going up big against the defenders and tie up that top of uh, that division there in the, in the North division. Uh, give me the battle Hawks to win that game on the road. Also look for AJ McCarron have an excellent game. And then the battles of the defeated, um, you know, after four weeks, neither of these two teams have won a game. Um, and so one of them is going to get off the schneid. Uh, we got the Orlando guardians going into Las Vegas and playing the Vegas Vipers. Um, Las Vegas, even though they've lost all four of their games, in three of those games, they've had the lead at halftime, as I mentioned earlier in the show. Um, and they just went up against the Defenders team this week that's just frankly better than them. Um, with that, So with that being said, yeah, I'm taking Vegas to win this game. I just don't trust Orlando on offense, especially whoever, whatever's going to be happening at the quarterback position. Give me Vegas. And then finally, Sunday night football. This game kicks off at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we got two teams in Texas going back, going at it. We got the Arlington Renegades going into San Antonio, taking on the Brahmas. Um, both these teams coming off taking L's uh, in week number four, um, but the Brahmas have actually been the better offensive team as they've scored sixty-four points to the Renegades' fifty-seven points. Um, even though the quarterback play hasn't been stellar on Eagle side, I will say I think Kyle Slaughter has played better. And Jack Cohen, even though the sample size is smaller for Slaughter, uh, I will take the Arlington Renegades to win that game. Uh, they will they will put down the uh, San Antonio Brahmas in their home stadium. Uh, that they're playing at the Alamo Dome. That's pretty cool in San Antonio, Texas. There, um, but yeah, let me know what you think. Uh, who do you think is going to win these games on Sunday, Thursday, and Saturday and Sunday? Uh, so recapping, I got the Roughnecks, I got the Battle Hawks, I got the Vipers. And I got the Renegades winning in week number five. Uh, let me know what you think about who's going to win some games in the XFL uh, this upcoming week. And uh, thank you very much for joining us. This has been our 2023 XFL season week four recap and week five predictions. I'm going to host your host, David on Point Huffman. Um, please like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. We give you content every single day. Um, so continue checking that out. Uh, tomorrow is going to be Izzy's big uh, college basketball show. Uh, so you don't want to miss that content. Also on Wednesday, uh, we're going to be bringing back the crossover, uh, talking about some basketball stuff going on with uh, John Morant and some playoff push stuff. Um, so don't want to miss that content. It was going to keep bringing it to you every single day. And then our next mock draft will come out on Thursday as the, uh, we react to the Chicago Bears trade and what's going on in free agency. Uh, that's all coming to you guys. So just keep an eye out for all that content. Again, I'm David Huffman. And here at Prime Sports World, we bring the heat. Take it easy. Be safe.